Hi, everybody. It's Neil Hamill. Today's podcast is sponsored by Pageboy. Ladies, did you know that the time it takes you to drive from home to the salon and back, the Pageboy pros could have arrived at your home, done your hair and makeup, and have you out the door. Another awesome feature of Pageboy is it's so easy. You just download the Pageboy app in the App Store, where the best in beauty is at your fingertips. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. I'm Neil. Hi, and I'm Libby. There's Libby. Hi, Neil. Hi. How you doing? That's good. I'm a little hungover, to be For honest. something new and different. <laughs> I thought I'd try something new and different on this Tuesday. Right, because it was a holiday weekend, right. so you get a big mm-hmm. old pass. Thank you very much. I didn't exactly spend it alcohol-free either. I know you didn't, and my hangover's not necessarily from yesterday, but... The day, the day before. It was like mm-hmm. that. Well, you know it happens once you're not in your 20s anymore. Yes, I do. It's know. a little painful. It is. But we're good. We're professionals. A little more oh, coffee. Little well, <laughs> maybe one day. We're, we keep trying. We do. Our heart's in the right place. It is. Always. We show up. Oh, we show Sometimes show we show out. <laughs> sometimes we just look stupid as hell. Mm-hmm. We're going to have fun today because... Um, we have our first author. We do. First of all, with his book right here with us. Yes, and you know the our friend Rob Giardinelli. Como stai, Rob? Hold, hold on. He doesn't speak Italian. <laughs> I don't speak a lick of Italian. He's I the like only it. Italian I know that doesn't speak a word of Italian. Say I hi, like, grazie. There Neil. you go. Prego, prego. Yeah. I got one. Prego. You were okay. in the right so welcome Latin Rob language. Giardinelli, who wrote a really charming, cool, funny book called Being in the Room. So today he's being in the studio to talk about being in the room. Let me see the book. This is such, I loved reading this. Here you go, guys. Being in the Room with Rob Giardinelli. I don't know how you say being in the room in Italian, but I should have researched that. Damn it. So I'm con- going to have to figure out what that is for next time. Yeah, right. perfect. So congratulations on the book. Well, thank you. Your dear friend, married to one of my dear friends, Dearest, dearest friends. Only dearer because I've known him longer. And Appreciate that would be that. Lance Avery Morgan. Who is the best. Hi, the Lancey. Best. He was just here and he scooted out. Because he's smart like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Lance has the Society Diaries magazine, which uh, is a must read on, yes. a, on the monthly. Yes. Okay. Bi-monthly. Bi-monthly. This, this issue is called Party Confidential. Ain't nothing confidential in here. <laughs> so that's, he, like I said, he was smart to leave because right. we don't do confidential. <laughs> you come on this show, we're going to pour your tea. <laughs> and Rob pours a bunch of his in this book, which I seriously could not put down. I read it in two sittings, back to back, one night before bed and one morning over breakfast. There I could go. not stop. So um, tell us why you decided to write the book. So... I've been together with Lance Avery Morgan now for about seven years. And before I met Lance, I didn't even own a tuxedo. And I actually talk about having to go get one (laughs) as one of the things in the book. So I certainly never thought I'd be in the world of fabulous parties with fabulous people, let alone, you know, I've been writing for the Society Diaries now for about six years, let alone did I think I would actually chronicle all these fabulous things that I get to witness that, you know, Growing up, I never in a million years thought I would be doing. You're from you're from Pennsylvania. Uh, yes, correct. Where in Pennsylvania? I'm from Bucks County. Okay, outside but, of Philadelphia, about 20 minutes. I grew up about 20 minutes from where Washington crosses Delaware. I was going to say that's right there where Route 78 comes all the way across the state of New Jersey from Manhattan and drops you right there in Bucks County. Yes, and it's. I mean, it was a beautiful, idyllic place to grow that's gorgeous. up. Gorgeous, and it's gorgeous, and I um. You know, but now I'm here, and you know, Texas is very much now my home, and I consider myself a Texan. You've Good. been here. You've been here long enough. We're and what gonna brought you christen here? you a Texan. So a job in the tech industry, okay. and I talk about that a little bit in the book uh-huh. about my evolution out of the tech industry. And how many years were you in the world. tech world? I was in it 16 years. Okay. Wow. And in Austin, um, t- 11 of those in Austin. Okay. And, and then five in Florida. Okay. So but that so was Austin, natural to be in Austin in the sure, tech industry. Sure. Yes. So Austin's been your home 
predominantly for, in, yeah. in Texas. And, you know, it was funny. The first time, and it's the, really the only time I've ever felt this in a city I've gone into, when I got off the plane and walked up the jet bridge, I literally felt this energy, like, I have to be here. Kind of like what Oprah wow. said when she first went to Chicago uh-huh. and said, if I don't get this job that I'm interviewing for, I'm moving here anyway. I basically had that same exact feeling. And thankfully, like her, I got yeah. I got the job I had. I didn't have to really actually make that choice. But Could it, it have been the humidity? From no, Florida? <laughs> <laughs> from Florida, yes. Because I... Like, I felt this warm, yes. energetic sensation. I was going to say it was like a giant hairdryer because, yeah. you know, it was August in Austin. Oh, yeah. Austin's much drier than oh, it yeah. is here. So it was like walking in a giant hairdryer with a bunch of warm energy from the people <laughs> on top of it. So it was just... It, it was a fun inferno. Uh-huh. Is that a, is that like a good it. way to describe it? When you land at... J, uh, at um, at Bush Inter- Intercontinental in the summer. Oh my God! The minute they open the door to the aircraft, you're you're like, and I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to get on 45 or 59 and sit in traffic and wonder it's... why the hell you came back. And then you get to your little spot. situation, right? And, and then you're like, you go oh, have a margarita, <laughs> right? You head straight to Mexican food, uh, um, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, tech biz, were you with, did you meet Lance while you were working in the tech industry? I did. Okay. So, um, and I talk about this in the book a uh-huh. little bit. Um, I actually met Lance at a Halloween party that I did not want to go to. One, I've never been a big Halloween person. Me mm-hmm. either. Me either. <laughs> you know, it's just the whole, you know, just yeah. going and dressing up. You know, I, I'd much rather... I, I now know I'd much rather throw on a tux, throw on a nice pocket square, maybe. And an Anna Wintour t-shirt. And a, and, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Courtesy of the great Neil Hamill, hey. by the way. I love that t-shirt. <laughs> it's it's really, it's my favorite thing to wear. I wear it once in the spring and once in the fall. That's whenever scary. I'm out and about. I love it. That and, is, the artist created yeah. this for Halloween, right? Because see, her hair looks like kind of a pumpkin. Uh-huh. And then you have <laughs> Anna, scary Anna. They got the bone structure right. They sure did. And the glasses. Mm-hmm. And the page boy But I I hate dressing in costumes. I hate going yeah. to costume you parties. You either are or you aren't. Yeah. I'm not that person. I'm not either. I'm the with best you. costume I'll I ever. I'll put a tuxedo yeah. on every night. Yeah. Seven nights of the week. But I don't do costumes. The best costume I ever heard was Mari Oliver from More Than You Can Imagine. And she was going as herself. She's like, I'm going as a fox. And I was like, <laughs> now that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> I love And you that. are. So Halloween's so a special you, so, day for y'all. Obviously, that's the day you yeah, met. Yeah, it is. So okay. we, and this is in Austin. Yeah, so okay. we met in Austin. I didn't want to go to this party. And I had lost a partner about a year before I met Lance. So I was right. still in you that. You about that in the early in the book. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. And it was... It's one of those spaces, and it's really true about love, that you really find it really when you're not expecting it or mm-hmm. you're certainly not trying too hard. Right. Maybe that's a better a better way to describe that. And this friend of mine, and he's the friend of mine who will always make me do the stuff that... You don't that, do. I, I always say I don't want to do, but it's... But it's definitely outside of my comfort zone to sure. do so. And but for him and him telling me that I had to get a costume within a couple of hours of this party, you know, I wouldn't be married to Lance today. Wow. So it it just goes to show how important it really is to and I talk about this in the book, just how important it is to say yes to opportunities mm-hmm. when they come up, even if they're not things you necessarily <clears throat> don't want to do you know don't want to do because you never know what great things can really come out of it it's so true and that chapter is called yes it changed my life Mm -hmm. which it really really did Mm -hmm. i mean i've never met anyone at a halloween party that i wanted to even like remember Mm -mm. an hour later Mm -mm. (laughs) but the last halloween party i went to was at the zaza we talked about it in 2009 and i was a german beer garden waitress because that's all i could find at the last minute (laughs) where did you find that costume i found it at there's a really great costume shop here, kind of in East Downtown, and everyone was like, go there, go there, go there. And it was like 5 o'clock on Halloween night. So, I mean, you know, the only thing there was, uh, <laughs> thankfully, my German roots assisted in 
some things. Anyway, <laughs> um, so that's tons of fun. And I love what you're talking about going out of your comfort zone. I heard Will Smith put this pretty well the other day. He was going skydiving. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the night before, I was freaking out. I was so anxious. I was like, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing? You know. And he was like, and then he would go. And so he's worried about it and anxious about it for you know untold days and hours. And he was like, they push you out on two, because on three, you're going to hold on. He was like, and then it was the, the most amazing experience in my life. He was like, so right, he's like, there's nothing to be afraid of. Once you get, the, it's all the, the buildup that's almost the hardest part. Because once you do it, you're in it, and it's not so bad. It absolutely is. And, you know, I chronicle this really from uh, the book, and that's a really good example of that. Really, what the book is at heart is a fish out of water tale. Yeah. And every single person I don't care who you are, at one point or another has been a fish out of water in a room. Totally. Sure. And really all anyone who's a fish out of water wants is to find their own space in the pond. And really this is my way of finding my space in the pond that is the Texas social scene. So mm-hmm. it, you know, it, um, like I've said before, it really was not anything I ever thought I would do, but I am so glad and i've met incredible people like both of you along the way who have become great friends oh that's so sweet you know in other cities that i get to go to that people you know just welcome me with open arms and it's really really just incredible well you talk about this and it's really honestly you could not have had a better person to enter your life than lance avery morgan that man is so charming and so darling and so sweet and absolutely loved by absolutely everyone, like everyone, he is. A, yeah. uh, he's a rock star, and you. He but but by, you know, interacting and connecting with and becoming uh, involved with Lance, you were literally dumped into the deep end of the pool, <laughs> which is is an ongoing theme in yeah. the book. And there's so many funny moments yeah, in your book. There were where, no baby steps. No, it was like here <laughs> no you rest go. for the weary. Yeah. But, you know, it's not like you, uh, you, you were so fortunate because to have to have that happen in your life, mm-hmm. to have it happen with Lance is the no best better of the, way. No better way. Yeah. He is so much fun. And one of the things I love about him, aside from his quick wit and ability with words, I'm telling you, like right off the bat, he started calling me real deal Neil. <laughs> <laughs> and which I think is hysterically funny all these years it's later. Every email funny. from him yeah. to me always starts out with, What's up, real deal, Neil? <laughs> um but he is he's so he makes everyone feel so good. He is a ray of light, he is so positive and so sunny. Yeah, and he remembers everyone's name. name. I mean he's not just <sighs> like you and I've talked about this. Like we'll we go have. to whatever and it's like, Oh hey girl. Like Lauren's grandmother used to say when she didn't remember something, she was like, "There she is," and she, you know, she'd feel very special. Because <laughs> oh yeah, like Betsy oh, Boo. Look, oh, there, there she, she is. is. Uh-huh. And exactly. that's kind of where you and I. I'm might a very use there she work. is person. Yeah, but Lance knows every single person's name. He doesn't like work the room. It is a natural, innate ability of his that's just uncanny. It is, and a lot of people would be really intimidated by that. Thankfully for me, I am one of those people in college. I almost got a minor in sociology without mm-hmm. even trying. Like, they were like, you're a credit away. Yeah. Do you want to take a class? And there wasn't one that interested me that semester, so I didn't. <laughs> and thankfully for me, the great thing about being with someone as bold of a personality as Lance was I really, instead of being intimidated by that, I really took it as an opportunity to really just, the first year we were together, I really, I would go to all these things, not necessarily overwhelmed, but more fascinated by all the dynamics going on in the room. So I didn't necessarily have to talk a lot because I knew that Lance could carry that. And that really was probably the biggest, if someone were to ask me what's the biggest secret to being able to navigate that, it Mm -hmm. was acknowledging your part my then partner now my husband's strengths and right. just uh, embracing them yeah instead of being you know trying to upstage that or sure. being secure of that just accept you know what this is a great gift that i'm being given and just enjoy it well and it takes a, a you know a sound mind embodied person to be with someone like that right like you're like you said you weren't competing you weren't trying to 
you know, duplicate. It's just like that's who he is and this is who I am. And you being secure within yourself aren't intimidated by that, like you're saying. That's really incredible. Yeah, thank you. And being an observer, that's one thing yeah. that I surprised me that reading, uh, being in the room, that surprised me is what a, what an observer that you really are and because you really talk about it. And it made me think, now, when was I ever not talking? Mm-mm. Ever? I'm going to go ahead and, and answer that. <laughs> was I That's ever no. observing? Right. And you know what? When I was, I sat and thought about it, I'm like, of course I did. I used to, when I was new to the business in New York, I used to observe Eileen Ford. Of course. And I used to observe Jerry Ford and, um, you know, taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. I just, my first year, I was a sponge. And I didn't say a lot in the office because when I did, there were some people there that were like, come in off the effing farm. You are not in Texas. <laughs> and I used to say, thank God. <laughs> but when I take my Texas out, all y'all bitches in here, you're going to be laid out. But observe. And then I realized how much it made me realize how much traveling around the world with like Naomi or Paris Hilton. I did a ton of observing and I realized that it was because out in the world with someone like that, there's so many people coming at them and you, your role sort of changes from being the agent who set the gig up to being the protector and the evaluator of everyone that's coming their way Mm -hmm. because you don't know what people are going to say or do. You know, so then you start being very hyper observant. And we talked about living in Mm -hmm. New York City. Walking down the street, mm-hmm. you have to be super observant sure, um, to keep yourself safe, right? So I really enjoyed that part because it's something I hadn't really realized about you until I read about it. And then I remembered, of course he is, because Lance and I never stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and never I, stop entertaining, comma, and never stop Thank you. Well, thank you for adding the, the plus <laughs> sign to that. that. to it. You know, it's fun to be entertaining, but also sometimes it comes from being really nervous. Mm-hmm. And the over-entertainers, it's like, you need to take a... Xanax. You need to drop it down immediately. a thousand. Yeah. Yes. I have a famous line for one of my dearest friends. Hi, Chili. I was like, girl, you at a 10. I need you at about a 2. <laughs> Bring okay. it down a couple notches right there. I've got to right borrow there. that one. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but being in the world that you guys are in is another thing because it's not like you're in. you're in a very superficial world. It is. It can be, yes. And people are talking to you for some for a specific reason because they have a definite agenda. So you have to be quick to learn who to onboard mm-hmm. and who to let go right by you mm-hmm. and not take on anything they're saying or even their energy, can, mm-hmm. which can be really difficult. But Society Diaries magazine, you know, it covers Houston, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, the whole waterfront. Mm-hmm. Um the children in the book, which I loved, the first little intro of the book, mm. how you describe kind of the family of Texas. I yeah, that was that. so cute. Yeah, it was really cute. You know, and that's really cut from a, it, it's almost like the distant relative who gets invited to the nuclear family dinner mm-hmm. is kind of how I like to describe that chapter. So for me, getting to go to each of them, it's kind of each of the cities individually, especially seeing it from the point of view of the Society Diaries or Lance's point of view is really interesting. And one of the most interesting things that has come from my time in in covering stuff for the Society Diaries and going to these cities is whenever we go to another market, people will always come up to Lance and ask where he's been. They haven't seen him in a while. Did he move away? And a lot of that is back in when he did Brilliant before, mm-hmm. that was also before social media. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you if you are seeing somebody, and he was in each city at least once a week. So if you are seeing somebody two, three, four times a month, it's not even superficial or really even ignorant. It's you're seeing that person more often than a lot of people would see their close friends. Sure. That you would just, you had that. I guess, an understanding or an expectation that that's where that person lives. So to not see them for a while and for Mm -hmm. people to not realize that it's much easier now, I think, in the world with social media that you really 
can figure out pretty easily where people live. But before that, you didn't. And he did such a good job, like you said, just, you know, it's just so charming and, you know, fills the oxygen in any room that people all throughout the state think he's from that particular city. Yeah. And one of the things I really want to ask you about, and when Lance is going to, we'll have Lance on uh, and and get him to talk about all his stuff, because that would be a really... A must-do show, absolutely. Um, and but we just we we carved it out. We're just talking to you today, Rob, because we're proud of your book, and we want to we want everyone to order it and read it and enjoy it. But talking the way you do in the very beginning of the book about Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, mm-hmm. and their personalities. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are very different cities, and you know people that on the East Coast and West Coast that don't really fully understand Texas and what it is and so forth, just sort of either blanket the whole state with Dallas mm-hmm. or the whole state with Houston mm-hmm. or the whole state with Austin. San Antonio gets left out a little bit, I think. But Which I think they like that. They're smart like yeah. that. <laughs> um, but t- share with us, if you will, what your take on the totally, the, the super different aspects of personality of each city so i'll start with austin because i spend the most the most amount of time there austin the events in austin one they're definitely a little bit more casual it doesn't mean they're less stylish people in austin are incredibly stylish but it's definitely you know austin's got a little bit more of a hip vibe with mm-hmm. all the music festivals it just the fashion there and the style there is just a little bit more casual as mm-hmm. a result of that so even there, like black t- even if an event's black tie mm-hmm. 40% of the men will be in dark suits. Like, it's it, it's one of those things where any type of attire, even though it says black tie, pretty much any type of attire is more or less welcome. And there's really a heart. You know, it's a city with 9,000 nonprofits and 2 million people. Good Lord. So there's so much heart and giving that just in every event, whether it's, you know, a party at home that you pay $10, you know, a $10 door fee to enter to a $1.5 million gala, which for Austin is about the, you know, the the highest that mm-hmm. is raised, you know, currently. And again, they're about the third of the size of Houston. Yeah. If that. So regardless of that size, you the size of the gala, you really see just the heart really breathe through. Whenever I come to Houston, and this kind of goes back to my East Coast roots, and you spent a lot of time in New York, when you are accepted as someone's spouse, like I am Lance's husband, you just immediately become a part of the family. And that's what I love about coming to Houston in particular, because it's just, there's a little bit of that East Coast, just, we will just take you in and we will embrace you and we will love you because we love who you're with. That's so awesome. And it, and I always have the best time when I'm here. I love, what I really appreciate about here as well is the incredible style and the fact that you have, really, you have a, quite a few iconic names in style and fashion that all reside here and call home that really raises the bar for everybody else. And it's just, I'm always dazzled by what everybody wears in Houston. It, it just, it's, and the party and the energy that just comes across from that's really that's such a nice Incredible. thing to say, and I know Lynn Wyatt and Becca Case and Thrash and some others are very happy to hear you say it. <laughs> but it's absolutely true. Because they are that, you mm-hmm. know, and they have done a lot for Houston, Joanne King, Herring. I mean, I, I can't mm-hmm. do the list because, but it's true, Houston, there have been some really major, high profile, really out of the box people from Houston, from Red Adair to, I mean, in every industry, in every Every discipline mm-hmm. from medicine to law, race or saint. I mean, we have had bigger than life people in Houston come from Houston. Live the real in Houston. deal, Neil. The real deal, Neil. <laughs> Libby Cagle. Most important of all. No. Uh-huh. But I also love how you kind of pointed out, like, you know, Dallas is showy and it's big and it's loud and it's kind of, you know, everything is a little bit shinier, it seems. But Houston, like, has the old school... You know, but it. I guess you you really it, it is, and got I, it across. I, and but. a really good analogy when people will ask me about the multiple cities, I always like to say Houston is to New York as Dallas is to L.A. 
and thinking about mm-hmm. it in, in just a and mm-hmm. is that a stereotype to a degree probably that's but okay. also it's when you have to boil one, things yeah. down into a sentence that's sure. you know a really easy way yeah. to, to go you know a really easy way to go about it like for me personally going to dallas is like going to las vegas because it's a lot of you know because the parties are so high energy and it's so celebrity filled i love going there for 24 or 36 hours mm-hmm. i don't sleep <laughs> and like with Vegas, you're like, okay, I gotta go get, out and get some sleep, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so you go, you have your great time, and and you go home. You go to meet Casino, you have a couple Mamba taxis, and and then you move on. Exactly. Whereas in Houston, you know, I'll spend three, four days here and just have a blast. Yeah. the entire time I'm here. It's it's not that the casual is not the word, but um, there's no less thought put into what Houston does it's just a little less showy it's just yeah. like we don't really have to do all that well and it's more like a family and you know if, it, if you're there. not gonna you know if if, <laughs> if you can't be I want to say if you if you can't have to be impressed you know impress your family right. all the time who who can you, right. you know, just not not be that with I'll so. tell you one thing I really love about Dallas David Feld Okay, I'm not familiar with him. I'm not either. Ooh, I'm going to fix that. <laughs> David Feld, one of my most favorite people ever in life. I've known him since about 1980. And he's brilliant and hilarious and tortures me a little bit. And I torture him a little bit. <laughs> my favorite um, kind of person. And that's old, old, old Dallas. His grandfather was Morton Sanger, Sanger Harris. comes from two major families but he's just so funny and so brilliant so um when i think of dallas i think of david so hi david love you so what i'm hearing is much like in the book there's i want to say it's a sibling rivalry but there is a sibling rivalry (laughs) yes well he's never really harassed me about houston and i've given him a pass because he's in dallas and you know i'm very bless your heart um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we don't mess with each other about that. At this stage in life, we've let all that go. But um, there is a rivalry between Houston and Dallas, but I think it's far less than it used to be. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. They accept that we passed them a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> They've let that sink in. Right. And they don't want to be Houston. Right. And Houston doesn't want to be mm-hmm. Dallas. And Houston and Austin have a tremendous synergetic, synergistic, Energetic. Yeah, they Connection. really do. And a lot of the friends that I have will go to Houston and say, I had the best time there. And right. some of them, I would expect them to say that. And other people, I'm like, wow, you really, you know, it just, Houston is just such a welcoming place. Mm-hmm. That and you can do so much. I mean, there's no zoning, so you can be at a taqueria and then, you know, <laughs> you're true. at River Oaks Country Club <laughs> in about three seconds. So there's that aspect of it that makes it feel a little less... You know, Highland Parky, which is gorgeous. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful place to walk around and be. I mean, we have Highland Village and that. But also, like I'm saying, in less than a mile, you can go get, you know, a Tacos al Pastor from Maria, who doesn't speak any English. And she won't treat you right with her homemade green sauce. <laughs> well, and right. that's I think that's kind of where some of the affinity between right. Austin mm-hmm. and Houston yeah. really does come from. I mean, Montrose is, is very much that and the way. heights are basically mm-hmm. Austin-y. Feel, yes, you yeah, know? very much so. Yeah, it's and like, that vibe. Yeah, it's just low key and casual, but then you can also go to Lazy Lane. Exactly. Which is not. I like, I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm happier on Lazy Lane. Thank you. That's where we take Axel to go run around when he's been at the house for too long, and we're like, okay, this park in the middle of Lazy Lane is like half of the size of these people's front yards. Right. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I'm real happy on Lazy Lane. It's too. real special. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really want to get back in the car and go home. He's I don't like, blame him. Can I just go right over there? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't blame the boy. I really don't. There's, a, you know, San Antonio is a charming, lovely city, um, and it has its own very uh, old, established, mm-hmm. very much so. And it's just that little small pocket. And it's right. The Tiny. size of a postage yep. stamp, and you can and Fort almost, Worth too. For, you yeah. know, Fort Worth gets no love, but Fort, Fort Worth, Worth is actually a little has a jewel box. box. You know, oh yeah. Pe- pe- so people greatness. have asked me about, you know, well, why not? Why why isn't Fort Worth named that way? And in between my time that I lived in Philadelphia and, and here, I lived in Tampa. So, and I lived on the he other said, side of the Tampa, bay. Tampa. 
Don't tell Lauren NPR Taft voice. this because her dream in life is to okay. move us to Florida. So, but and Tampa, have a boat. but Tampa and St. Petersburg being dual cities, mm-hmm. I always just said I was from Tampa, even if I lived on the other side. So to me, Dallas and Fort Worth, even yeah. though I've never really been on 35 West, uh-huh. is you know. So for me, it, and again, that's kind of you know. When I talk about the experiences I've had, it's really a sum of all my previous experiences. And that's really one of the reasons why Fort Worth in particular isn't mentioned because of my experience of having lived in, you know, a city that had two, you know, a city that had two parks. We've spent some serious time in Fort Worth due to our friend who married a guy there that grew up there and has lots of family there. And, you know, their best friends Mm -hmm. are the Moncriefs. And we did we did a little Fort Worth tour and. um they're not playing around. Like, not at all. I think, oh. no, no. Like, we were in the pool house, which was the size of, like, our building, our four-story building. Yeah. And there was a costume closet, which was a lot of fun. But also, I mean, the homes in Fort Worth are something, like, you've never, ever, ever seen. I mean, it's just, they have their little, it's even tinier than San Antonio, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. it's no joke. No. Mm-mm. No, it's all serious up there. Mm-hmm. And they're real happy for everyone coming mm-hmm. out of DFW Inter. National Airport turn right. They're real happy <laughs> and for head that. into the big D. The friend that I'm talking about, you met him at our wedding, Howard, and he's married to our dear friend Heather. And they have this one funny story where they were at this bar on this lake, you know, and it was very maybe river rat crowds of such. And so if you rang this bell, you had to buy everybody a drink. And so Howard rings it and he buys everybody a drink. And this lady came up to the thing to say thank you, <laughs> and she said, "You must live in a brick home." <laughs> Did he ring the bell again? <laughs> he said, yes, I do. And then, yeah, I might have bought, bought everyone else another drink. They were lucky patrons that day. The, they were there. <laughs> it's all about being in the right place at the right That's time. That's right, baby. And the right room. That's and right. right room. And in the right room. And being in the right room. Let's go and on. we're in-, in the right room with being in the room by our guest today, Rob Giardinelli. So we've Thank talked you. a little bit about, yes, it changed my life. That's mm-hmm. the meeting of Lance. And you two eloped many moons ago, but recently celebrated. We, we celebrated our, um, our, our wedding nuptials, and we did a cruise. You know, we did, we did basically a sunset cruise on Lake Austin. So Lance Avery you were Morgan. there, right? Oh, Neil was, was a part of it. I remember you were, that was your fall wedding central yeah, uh, it was it, it was a great day. Lance Avery Morgan ordered the weather because it He's, was and, uh, it was it was a heavenly uh, like the weather uh, couldn't have been any more perfect. Incredible! It was just a picture perfect day, and you know, at, as we all know, we've all got family members, so there is no place <laughs> where your friends and your family will congregate in just an off-the-chart celebration other than a wedding. So one of the experiences that I do talk about in the book is what basically happens when one of your relatives meshes with the social socialite and neither of them know who the other is. And, you know, And it's interesting when you have that happen and it's the one person that you think everybody in the room knows, you know, in, in, in terms of this, you know, very well-known social person being there. And the one person who doesn't know who that person is or one of the very few walks up and starts a conversation that <laughs> that went awry pretty quickly. Uh-oh. It's a it's a hysterical story. <laughs> it really is. And that's in the chapter. Laughter is the greatest gift. Yes. Did I say it right? You yeah, did. Laughter is the greatest. It gift. It is. And, you know, my the, the relative's reaction to it was really, you know, a great reminder as to how not to take, you know, not to take the social world too seriously Mm -hmm. right because you have to people have to also understand no not everybody knows who you are and not everybody cares calm down yeah Yeah. right and not everybody cares yeah and i mean people at an event like you're saying they share the common you know philanthropic ideas and so that small talk and chatter it can last you a long time in one of those rooms but like you're saying once you step out of that and talk to just someone who doesn't know and or maybe care yeah it comes across very differently it definitely does. And, you know, it, you know, it, it was just, it was really amusing to hear that. And it's, you know, and I'm sure with your wedding, you probably are still hearing stories about things that happened that day where it's just kind of like, okay, that happened. I'm <laughs> glad I didn't know at the time. I probably would have put too much thought and too much energy into it. And everyone had a, had a wonderful time from yeah. start to finish. And it was a super 
liquid situation. Well, at <laughs> least for me. Lots well, of liquid. Yours, that she's, oh, yeah. I'm still hungover from your wedding. <laughs> uh, but it was so fun and, and seeing so many. The, the people who showed up to celebrate both of you. How many people so did y'all have? About 150-ish. That's a great number. Yeah, and it was a nice size boat to where it, it felt full, but mm-hmm. you could still, if you wanted to talk to somebody, you could still... You know, yeah. under the moonlight on a clear night, really so do pretty. That. And yeah. I have to tell you, I could sort of pick up instantly who was from where. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that couple's definitely Austin, yeah. right there. That's Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> That's Pennsylvania. <laughs> exactly. Um, it was so fun. Yeah. And, and how long had y'all? Sorry, but how long had y'all been legally married or married until? We got married, so... You eloped to Hawaii? Yeah, we eloped to Hawaii, and it was one of those things where Lance had already planned a press trip, and we were going to go for our anniversary. Which is on Halloween. Which is on Halloween. So we had already planned a trip probably in, like, July or August, and this was in 2014. So this was... We had planned a trip, and then about three to four weeks before we left was when the Supreme Court decided not to hear all those gay marriage cases, and we're like... Oh, well, why don't we just get married? Because we can just file the license whenever it's legal in Texas. It'll be at some point probably soon. And so it really just kind of came matter of fact that way. And there was something really fun about it being three o'clock and being like, okay, our minister's coming at five. We need to go change. There was just (laughs) something where we didn't tell anybody. And there was just something really liberating about making, you know, and I talk about, you know, weddings, weddings and funerals in particular in in the book. That that day is really about the two people mm-hmm. and really nobody else. And, 100%. you know, to be present and aware of that, you know, and it's so funny when the ceremony is taken out of an equation, how much the party was as fun as it was because the ceremony was taken out. And I'm, mm-hmm. at least for mm-hmm. us, I'm thoroughly convinced that that was the reason. I find that interesting. We we did the same. I mean, kind of the same thing. We just got married with our parents mm-hmm. and siblings in our suite and everybody else we were like see y'all at noon for the bloody mary hour (laughs) and you know it wasn't like we didn't want y'all involved it was just like you know this is just going to be a little 15 minute moment for the two Mm -hmm. of us to you know hold hands and commit our lives to each other and then we're going to go celebrate right and it just does take a little pressure off of the day yeah right um but that's really sweet that just the two of you were together at that time, did y'all go to dinner yeah. afterward? And- yeah, we went to dinner and, you know, it was, you know, we were at the Four Seasons in Kona. Oh my God, and the most it, beautiful hotel maybe ever. It, it really is gorgeous. And we were at the, I forget the name of the restaurant, but the one that's directly on the water that there's like a trail right in front of it. And that's really the only thing separating the two. And we had a table right on the water and right so when sunset pretty. hit, because we got married at about like 510. Uh-huh. And the right, literally within maybe two minutes when we sat down the sunset and the Hawaiian guy came and blew through the <laughs> seashell right in front of us and it was just wow. I mean it was a perfect day it really was and That's you know beautiful I and I think part of it happened because we didn't put too much thought into it right you know so yeah it well was you want to know how much day. thought I've put into getting married none <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody asked me I, I, I guess one day I'll find a dog and we'll <laughs> Settle down and live happily ever after. <laughs> well, that'll be after we build our compound, so you can. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have a dream of having a. compound. I was going to say how many, how many, how many little casitas will you well, we have, have about on this five compound? booked right now. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're passing bre- bed and breakfast into like full on hotel oh, territory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because well, we don't need it. <laughs> yes, it's a constant supervision. We're gonna have the big house for cocktails every day for everybody. Wants five to o'clock. Come. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sharp and. Two o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> Two o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. Well, Not noon? Not we, noon for brunch? I mean, you know, church and then maybe at noon, but we used to have a standing, we called it the board meeting, on four o'clock on Sundays, <laughs> and we met at 1308 and had margaritas. Which it is interesting because oh, the very God. first seed ever planted about be, having a podcast was, was there. way back then, uh-huh. and Greg Forte... <laughs> Because, you know, we would sit at high top, so we would be on stools mm-hmm. and, and enjoying our margaritas sl- and tequila tea. shots. Yeah. And Greg Fortique one day said, you know, we really should do this. Well, first he said we should be on television. And I'm like, well, m- maybe not television because 
we're not that funny. And he's yeah. like, oh, yes, we are. <laughs> and he called the show. He had this imaginary show in his head called Fools on Stools. Mm-hmm. And Joyride, the show that records before us uh-huh. every Tuesday, they were leaving today. Uh-huh. You missed this. Oh, what happened? They all walked out with bar stools. No, they did not. Four of them. <laughs> and I was like, I can't say Wait, a word. No, but don't. we, you know, fools on stools. Uh-huh. And then it became Mean Girls. Oops. George Lancaster retitled hey, George. our situation <laughs> from fools on stools to Mean for Girls. No, for reasons we just can't figure out. I don't out. understand that. I don't either. But, um, but yeah, so that's our compound situation, and so y'all will yes, be invited. Yes, it's the group of people later. that have always had, you know, like we've always just been like a little family, mm-hmm. and we're getting older now, mm-hmm. and so we're starting to think about things. Like, <laughs> how are we going to set this up when we dog walker on staff, housekeeper, chef, and bartender? bartender. <laughs> you have the order say. wrong. I know I do. I'm sorry. Uh, bartender, thank dog you. walker, thank you. Housekeeper, chef. Right. I can fill in for the cook. Because you know what? The driver, you oh, forgot that's one. Right. Can if, if we don't have a cook, we can send the driver to Whataburger. Totally. It's all good. <laughs> that's true. That's oh true. my God, you two had dinner at Whataburger after their show the other night. Wait, yes, they did. Who? Bono. Y'all did? No, no, no Bono. Bono did. Bono, Bono. did? Uh, Which we one? We did with Bono. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I was um, like, wait, y'all were with Bono at Whataburger? What better <laughs> situation could that ever... Which one? Do we know? I don't know which one, but they posted pictures oh, on social man. media. The one time I'm I like, wasn't at Whataburger So at everybody that gives me a hard time about eating Whataburger, I have a Texas howdy well, for Well, they you. must not <laughs> be from Texas. Those giving you a hard time about Whataburger. Oh, some. Uh-uh. Some. Well, and, and it's interesting Mm-mm. that you bring that up because there are so many instances where I have had to do a similar drive-through thing after a gala because one either the food's not great right. or two oh, totally. or two you're so busy and especially like there are people that have known Lance for 15 years who have never seen a meet so you know <laughs> right. when you're moving and you're going that fast like there's been many an instance where we're like okay we haven't eaten it's 11:30 right and we've had about get, 17 cocktails yeah. like this and is been not to 17 out parties well. right. yeah so it's like yeah get me get me the nearest mm-hmm. drive through so that I can get something in my you know Absolutely. get something in my system and then there's the reverse of how that plays which sometimes is I have way too much blood in my alcohol system <laughs> So where's Way the bar? Way too much blood in my alcohol. We, guys, we really, we talk it and we laugh about it, but we really don't drink that much. Not really. Anyway. So I'm going to go the, ahead and let that one go. Okay, let it go. <laughs> so one of the things um, that I, I think you, one of the reasons you wrote Being in the Room is because of your unique experience of, and it's sort of like, it's a book that encourages people who are shy, who are a little bit withdrawn, um, to allow themselves to be pulled out of their comfort zone, which you talk about, and show up and maybe not show up in the beginning, but mm-hmm. just let things be observant and start to understand at the end of the day, everybody pulls their drawers on the same way. They do. And, you know, with a lot of the chapters within the book, what I, you know, because I wrote a few of just the experiences and I read them and I read them aloud. Mm -hmm. And after a couple of them said, there is no way any human being on the planet Earth will believe this actually happened. So for me (laughs) as a writer, it was really a challenge of how do I take those experiences and make them universal? And I started thinking about, you know, especially from my childhood and drawing from other relatives or other friends and other experiences I had so that people could feel, you know, the relatability. This, I had this happen with my grandparent or with mm-hmm. my mother or with my sibling or with my cousin or whoever it was um, to really make it so that, you know, like I said before, everyone's been a fish out of water at one point or another when you take something and make it a little bit more relatable, no matter how big or small the situation is, it just grounds it in a little bit more totally. you know, of a realistic realistic setting for people. And like to give you it said, context. it can be in any environment. It's not just like going to a party. It's starting a new job or starting you know, a new group of friends or for kids that are starting a new school. I mean, there's so many ways that one feels like a fish out of water no matter mm-hmm. what. I mean, like Lance would probably feel like a fish out of water in some tech 
meeting, you know? <laughs> I mean, like in your mm-hmm. previous life. You know, so it applies to everyone. So everyone can really relate to it. I let's just like. say there will be a second book and there may be a, an instance or two where the tables are turned. <laughs> and we'll oh, just I, leave it there. Uh-huh. I can't wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you also deal with um, and share about dealing with a partner who passes away. Mm-hmm. I mean, the book is, there's some serious moments in this book which are profound and, and really uh, enlightening. Well, thank you. It, um, you know, it, you know, it is certainly something when you lose love, you never think you're going to find it again. So when mm-hmm. you do, there's just an appreciation for it. And I don't take a single day with Lance for granted. Like the magazine could go away tomorrow and I still, I have him and I've got this body of experiences that's enough to fill 50 lifetimes and I'm just grateful every day for so lovely. that, for that so and sweet. for him. I'm getting teary. That's just like so true with everything we experience in life. It's like every, you know, nothing can be the same as it was today. You know, yeah. it's like no, we don't know what tomorrow holds and like Lauren and I talk about it all the time. It's like right now we're at the age where like our parents are healthy mm-hmm. and like our nephews still want to hang out with us because they're <laughs> only 10, you know, 7 and 3 or 8 and 3 and it's like it's kind of the sweet spot, you know. It's like mm-hmm. we can't miss out on anything right now because mm-hmm. it's just not going to last forever. Right. And so cherishing those moments, it's so sweet. Um, yeah. So you know, I'm just I'm fortunate to have found love twice in my life. Yeah. And that's yes, you, you are. know, I'm extremely fortunate for that. And you know, it's it's when it happens the second time around, there's certainly a level of the taken for grantedness really goes away. Yeah. And there hasn't been one day where I've taken that for granted. That's really this sweet. time around. We all seem That's to have so such awesome. a loving and kind yeah, relationship. You. And you spend a lot of time together. Like yeah, some people feel, together. yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, like Lauren and I do too. And some people are like, "Don't you?" And I'm like, "I no." Like when we're alone, that's I. I don't need alone time away from her. But, yeah, and it's and it does take a a different kind of relationship with each other to be able to be together that much. It does. And I think what helps is just the subject matter of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just things that just get injected where right. we just have to kind of be like, okay, and we'll either have a laugh about it or th- th- there's just enough things that, you know, that that happen where all you can really do is just kind of have a good laugh at stuff. And that really kind of any tension that may ever be there, usually Dissipate. there's usually something yeah. funny that will come up pretty and it happens multiple times a day a lot of the time where it's just it, it, it's hard not to laugh yeah we and were laughing your we were laughing at somebody before that we went on air and they just we you know well it's fancy meeting you here. Lancy, okay that's what i want okay, to talk yeah. about so i want to talk about the about chapter some, about nielsey well <laughs> it's about it's a story that i shared which is hysterically funny but it's called Fancy Meeting You Here. It's uh-huh. all. It's one of the last chapters in the book. And it's so funny because I was reading, page turning like crazy. And I'm starting, and I'm wait. this is me. <laughs> You're like, this sounds so familiar. So and Lance wrote a book called uh, The Society Diaries. And there's a character in his book whose name is Deal uh, Gamble. Huh. That may or may not be me. <laughs> And so all the names are changed in Rob's book to protect the guilty, not the innocent, to protect the guilty. (laughs) And I'm reading along and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the funniest story. It's one of the funniest stories of supermodels ever. (laughs) It's nuts. Because one very, very generous, all three, all these girls, this is the tip top of these of the most famous models that ever lived, and they're all still first name only, household names. Mm-hmm. All still gorgeous. Mm-hmm. All still gorgeous. And, you know, they all, they, they are, some are extremely, uh, well, some are overly generous, some are extremely generous, some are so cheap it's ridiculous. Do you want to tell the story, <laughs> Rob? You tell it so much better than I do. Well, we want people to read it in the book. Yes. But, <laughs> it's about <laughs> one of the most generous being uh, showered for her wedding, and at 
this huge suite at the Ritz Hotel in Paris. And all the other supers were guests. And the gifts are being opened. And I mean, it was just one more extravagant thing after another because the bride-to-be is the most generous yeah. person on the whole planet. There wasn't anything from Crate and Barrel. No. <laughs> no, I mean, if someone was having a baby, she would decorate their nursery. I like, mean, seriously. The whole thing. So, all these beautiful gifts. And then... The next gift is presented, and it was a scented candle from the cheapest model Uh that ever walked this planet, and someone whose net worth is several hundred million, (laughs) which is why it's what it is. And the hostess walked over to the bride-to-be and snatched the candle out of her hand and walked over to the cheap supermodel and snatched her champagne out of her hand and oh, threw the candle at her boy. and said, you cheap, disgusting <laughs> bee, get out. Get up and get out. And you go right now and you buy something appropriate or, or and you can come back. But otherwise, get the hell out of here. And the bride-to-be was like, no, it's okay. And I almost said her name. <laughs> said, no, it's not okay. And so this... And much greater and much funnier detail is in the chapter, Fancy Meeting You Here. Love but, it. Yes. You know, someone asked me this morning why I stopped writing my book. And I said, you know what? I've decided it's more fun to tell it because I stopped writing it and recording it. And then I would play it back to listen to what I'd said. And then I would send it on to make sure all the different ways that I was going to get sued, you know, for- <laughs> <laughs> Liable, slander, yeah. and everything else. And so that's when Radio Brave approached about doing this podcast. I was like, I don't need to write a book. I can just sit and talk. It'll be funnier anyway. And <laughs> who want, you know, it's a, a huge labor to write a book. It is. I had no idea. It's not fun. How long did it take you to write? It took me, being for me, it was more getting the format correct, uh-huh. you know, because I wrote a couple of the experiences and it was like, okay, something's missing. Once I was able to figure out the formula, it actually went pretty quickly. So I did 25, 26 total, including the chapter about Texas. Um, and it took me about three months to write it initially, oh, wow. start to finish. That's fast. You know, yeah. Well, because they're self-contained, there's a lot of the you know, other elements that go into writing a book that were kind of taken out. It would have taken much longer if I had made it a more, you know, if it wasn't about, you know, simple individual life lessons. And, you know, for me, it was really important, you know, like when you were talking about, you know, like salacious and tell all for me, the one really um, important thing for me was really to make sure everyone was portrayed in as positive a light as possible. Everyone's a human being. Yeah. Everyone's well, got everyone. edges. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> there is that cyborg here and there. But um, but um, but it's, you know, for me, it was just really important to make sure that I was learning from these people. And, you know, to be able to be in a space to be in front of them and learn is better than any education that I could have ever gotten in a school. Oh, yeah. It is an education. And and into a world that is so fun, tricky. So fun and tricky. What are some of your favorite, like top three favorite parties? So galas or so I have to tell you. So I did not write about this in the book, but the first time I went to Becca's house was on a Tuesday night. I will never forget this, and it was I. I think it was Singing with the Stars, and it was okay. probably five or six years ago. She loves a Tuesday and, and a Monday. So I had never – this was my first time going there, and I'm going there on a Tuesday night. So, like, I didn't think it was legal to have that much fun <laughs> on a Tuesday night. <laughs> right. It's not. So, like, so Lance is like, so what did you think? I'm like, how did I have this much fun on a Tuesday? Yeah. Like, right. it was just it, – it was like just – Like, tomorrow's Wednesday. Yeah. Like, like, not Friday or Saturday. I, mean, right. I feel like I had Friday and Saturday in one night. Yeah. Like, sure. it was just, you know – and I always thought, you know, Lance is an incredible host. Yes. And Becca, I, I can see 
Lance probably studied Becca to a degree mm -hmm. that she just she just like Lance makes every single person in her home feel like her best friend when she talks to mm -hmm. them. And sure. that is that's not something that can be taught. It's that in her is DNA. A gift. Yeah. yeah. And it is such a gift. It just and anytime I've ever been there, and I've probably been there three or four times, uh -huh. I mean, I have always felt like one of the family and so at mm -hmm. home. And it's sure. just incredible. Have you ever fallen in the pool? I have not. Okay. I have not seen anyone <laughs> fall in the pool. Let's keep it that way. She loves Either. Lance, though, so that does not surprise me at all that she I made think, you feel so welcome. Yeah, everybody probably remembers the first, you know, entree <laughs> I mean, on Longwood. And it's funny because there are people from Austin who will come, you know, come up to me and, you know, because they've either seen me photographed at something mm -hmm. there or whatnot and they just ask is it as magical like as it is and people like i was at a coffee with a friend maybe two months ago and brought up the texas monthly article about her from 2002 like, I had yeah saved from like computer. 15 years ago it's my obsession and like what's it called um by skip hollingsworth yeah i forget what it's called but i, I truly it was the first article i'd ever read about her and i didn't know anybody in that world at all i just yeah fresh off the boat from Baytown a couple years prior. I like have my first copy highlighted. Yeah. Talking about ordering Fritos at the Crescent Hotel. The guy goes across <laughs> the street to get him. Trust. Yeah. Well, and that just <laughs> kind of goes to show, you know, that's, you know, it, you know. I think it's called uh, high society. Yeah. Uh, high society is not just caviar. You right. Know? It, it, and I think Beck is a really good example of that. She is. She is. So what are some other highlights in your life of so um, social stardom? <laughs> is that what we'll call it? Yes. So um, I will say um, there is a holiday party that I go to, and I've been to it a couple of times, that is out in California. Um, I won't say who, you know whose party it is, but it is like going to Disneyland for four hours. And it's not even a party that's had every year. It's like every second or third year. But it is like, you know, snowing with view, sledding with views of the Pacific Ocean because they've trucked in snow. Oh, wow. And pets to pet and <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Claus to pose with and this Cute. celebrity here and that celebrity there. Like I was at it this past year and a 90 something legendary performer was jigging to Katy Perry music. Like, it wow. was just, like, it was the coolest thing, yeah. like, I have ever seen. Like, it was just, it was just too much fun. That California so can fun. do that. It, it can. It can surprise it you really in some pretty marvelous and magnificent ways. I'm ready for chocolate. What's that? Do I have one? Open Yes, you do. From yet. Maggie Louise Confections. So sweet. Confections in Austin. <gasps> really? I'm going to wish everyone peace today, okay? Namaste. Namaste in bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste in bed. You're so cute. No, I love that T-shirt. It's like Namaste in bed. <laughs> I unfortunately feel like that too many times. Being it's in so the room, beautiful. You got to check it out. This is such a charming. So where bucket. can we buy this? So you can buy it on Amazon.com, okay. or you can go to my um, website. Um, I'm also a certified professional coach. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. And my website is enrich, E-N-R-I-C-H, coach.com slash book. We need a life coach on the compound, too. We're going to build you a guest okay. house. Okay, great. Because we need... <laughs> we might need to be reined in I'll, every now and I'll then. Bring, I'll bring the coaching. Lance will bring the cocktail. Perfect. See? <laughs> Dynamic Betty duo. already is. to send someone. Well, child, Betty Ford going to give us a rate. <laughs> That's right. Let's hope we don't have to get there, though. We can hopefully keep it together with, you know, life skills and coaching from Rob. Maybe we'll avert. Yeah. Yeah. I want to share a very cute thing that was in this box of chocolates. Okay. A hug is like a boomerang. You get it back right away. Oh, that's so sweet. So we're hugging all of you. Yes. Or as Libby says, you wah. You wah. <laughs> All of you, uh, and we've loved talking to you. I know, Rob. Thank, thank you so much. And you came down from Austin just to be with I us. I did, just to be with you privilege. all. This has been an thank absolute you. pleasure. You guys are just, you're two of the most fun people I know. So I oh, can't so think sweet. of any better way to spend the day than with the two of you. Thank I you. Likewise. I from Nielsey. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget to subscribe. Yep. Thanks for joining us. We've had a good time. We have. We have. We have spirit. And yes, we do. We have spirit. Yes. How about you out there? And see, when you're headed back after your delightful lunch, um, 
you can listen to the pod. Absolutely. That'll right. make the, the drive On the go drive by home, a little that will. sooner. Have to say thank you to Bobby Slam, Slam Duncan. Duncan, our in-studio producer. And to Doug Harris and Radio Brave. Jazz. Our home away, away from, from home. home. <laughs> yes. And um, As we enter into summer, wishing everybody a very happy, right. lovely, not so humid. We'll forget that. <laughs> I know. I walked out this morning. I was like, damn. Um, summer. But it is summer. School's it's summer. out. School's out for summer. That's right, baby. Guys, we love you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, Rob. Thank, Thank you, you all. Thank you again.